Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Crown College. How are you today? Good, good, good. To all of my Crown family, friends, our special guests, let's thank God for the worship team one more time. That was amazing, wasn't it? Um, it's so good to be here today. Uh, like Dr. Kuhn said, I, I love coming here. Um, so I've been married to my wife for seven years. We live in Eden Prairie. We have two beautiful, beautiful children, Livia, who's four, MJ, who's two. Um, yeah, Livia and MJ. Uh, let's see here. So I work as a chaplain, placed over in St. Paul, Union Gospel Mission. Uh, I love what I do, but I also love Crown College. Um, you know, I was thinking the other day um, that one of, the, one of the sad truths about the, the, the world we live in is that we're going to always face this, this, this pressure to not be satisfied with who we are. And because of that, because of that, we're, we're, we're going to be constantly, if you think about it, you're constantly bombarded with what I like to call these if-only messages. So when you think about it, you know, if only I looked better, I would find someone who loved me. If only I dressed better, I would have more friends. Uh, if only I was more like my brother or my sister or my cousin or someone, my parents would accept me. Um, if only I had better grades, I would be more confident about my future. If only I could lose weight, I would feel better about myself. If only I had a little more money, all my problems would be solved. We're constantly bombarded with these if-only messages, right? And so what happens is, from an early age, we start playing this dangerous game of comparing ourselves to each other. We start comparing ourselves. We all do it. We start comparing ourselves with our parents. We compare ourselves with our siblings. We compare ourselves with our, with our neighbors. We compare ourselves with our roommates. We compare ourselves with our teammates. We compare ourselves with significant others. We compare ourselves with church members. We all start doing this. We can start comparing ourselves with everyone around us. And I would argue that the reason this whole comparison thing is so dangerous is because, Crown, if we don't get control of it, and if we don't begin to recognize when we're doing it, it can lead us to become someone we don't even recognize, and we can start doing things that we shouldn't do. We start hanging around people we shouldn't hang around. We start going places we shouldn't go. Amen? This is exactly what happened to King Saul in the Bible. King Saul, some of you have already heard the story. You, you know, we had this young man, name is Saul. The Bible described him as a tall and handsome man. And by all accounts, he, he looked like a king. I mean, he was tall, he was handsome, everybody liked him. But I want you to pay attention to why he became king. Because 
It wasn't that for the, for the nation of Israel, it wasn't that God did not want them to have a king. He just wanted the king to be who he chose in his timing. But what, what do the people do? What, is, what does the nation of Israel do? They, they ignore what God says and they look around at all the other nations around them that had kings and they didn't want to feel left out. And so they take Saul and Saul becomes their king. And so you see that this comparison thing has already started them down a dangerous road when they look around and they see that everyone else has a king. But as, as they're soon about to find out, whenever you compare yourself or whenever you compare your situation to someone else or to something else, instead of focusing on what God has for you, you pay a steep, steep price. Because here's the thing about it. King Saul, I would argue that King Saul actually started off at a, as a pretty decent king. He was winning battles. He was winning wars. He was building a team. He was surrounding himself by trusted advisors. Then this young man named David hits the scene. And it's interesting that if you read the story, at first, King Saul liked young David. He had him on his team. He was one of his close, trusted advisors. But here's what happens. One day, you may know the story, uh, one day Saul and his army, they go off to war, including David. And then they win this very important battle. And by the time they get back home, everybody has heard about this victory. Everybody has heard about this important victory that they just won. The battle was successful. And so to celebrate, you have a group of women who come up with this song. Here's a line from the song. Let me show you this. When the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out from all the towns of Israel and they met King Saul with singing and dancing with joyful songs, with trembles and lyres. As they danced, they sang, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. As soon as Saul hears these words, something inside of him snaps. Think about this. Think about this. Hear these words. Hearing these words was a trigger for Saul. And look what starts going through his mind. Look closely at verse 8. Saul was very angry. This refrain pleased him greatly. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me with only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? And from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. It's interesting, Crown. It's interesting how in a matter of seconds, Saul goes from having a good day to having a bad day. Notice how fast it happened. In a split second, what was a day of joy and laughter and celebration and good times has turned dark because of a comparison from a song. And the scary part is, I don't want us to rush past this. The scary part is, Saul was never the same after this. 
Read verse 8. Look at the end of verse 8 again. It says, sorry, verse 9. And from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. So one of the dangers, I would argue, of comparison is that it, it, amongst other things, it causes you to take your eyes off of what either God has done or what God is doing in your life, and you start focusing on either what you don't have or what others have. So for Saul, never mind that as the king, he had crazy good privileges. Never mind that he had people who served him. Never mind that he had meals on demand. Never mind that he had entertainment on demand. Never mind that he had killed thousands. He contributed to the battle. Never mind his past success. All he could see in this moment was that he wasn't getting credited and this was a comparison for him. And I would argue that all of us in here, if we're not careful, you can fall for this, this backwards way of thinking where you, 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 you take your eyes off of what God has done for you or what God is doing for you and you look at either what you don't have or what others have. This is why social media is such a dangerous thing, I would argue, because it allows people to show off how amazing their lives are, how perfect their lives are, all the while people are looking at this and they're, 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 they're comparing their lives to someone on social media. In fact, I, I want to show you a few of these. Have y'all ever heard of this? There's a term called humble bragging. Anyone ever heard of that? Humble bragging. It's where you, you, you try to look humble, but actually you're bragging about yourself. So I found a few of these, and what I want to do as we go through these, I want you to try to, try to pick up on what the person is bragging about. Because they're trying to look humble, but they're actually bragging about themselves. Let's look at this first one here. Look at this. Huge promotion at work this week. Finally reached six figures. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. So he's actually, he's trying to look humble, but he's actually bragging about himself. Look at this next one. I just ruined my perfect grade by getting a 96 on a quiz. Tears, tears, tears. Humble bragging. So if, you just, if you're struggling through school, if you're struggling through class right now, you read this, maybe you start comparing yourself. I love the fact that he included three of the little tears things. Look at this next one here. I just did something very selfless. But more importantly, it was genuine, and I know it means a lot to the person in the long run. Hashtag so worth it. Come on, so worth it, humble bragging. Look at this one. Man, this is so unfair. Why did the Lamborghini dealership not tell me that I get pulled over at least once a week in this car? Time for a Corolla, LOL. Humble bragging, humble bragging. <laughs> I love this. Look at this last one here. I am featured in People's Most Beautiful. What can I say? They all make mistakes, but I did the shoot with no makeup, and all I have to say is, scary, 
Come on, humble bragging. This is why social media can be so dangerous. Because if we're not on our game, and if we're not secure with who we are in Christ, we can start to look at things like this and start to compare ourselves with other people. The comparison trap. It's all around us. It's a dangerous thing. And if we do it all the time and we're not even aware of it. I was sitting in a meeting just last week. And they announced in the meeting that one of my best friends, a guy that I work with who's also a chaplain, who also gradu- who, who just happens to be an alum of, of Crown College, they announced that he got an award from WCCO, the Good Neighbor Award. And instead of me being happy for him, the first thing that started going through my mind was, well, why didn't I get that? I, I, I worked hard. The comparison trap. My four-year-old daughter does this. Last year when she was three years old, she started coming home saying she wanted to start wearing her hair in different styles. And she started wanting to wear certain dresses that all the other girls were wearing. And she wanted to get a certain type of frozen Anna, Elsa, something backpack because all the other girls were doing it. At the age of three years old, the comparison trap has already started. And what makes the comparison trap so dangerous is that when you compare yourselves to others, it, it, it affects so many areas of your life. We already talked about how it, how it affected Saul spiritually and that he lost focus of what God had done and what God is doing in his life. But what's even scarier is how when you compare, we don't think about this a lot, but how when you compare yourself to others, it affects you on an emotional level. Like we said, Saul was never the same after this episode. Think about this. If you study his life, he was paranoid for the rest of his life. He had bouts of depression for the rest of his life. He had anger outbursts. He started making things up in his mind that weren't even true. And he he just, he lost control of his life. He tried to murder David. The comparison trap, we have to be aware of it because it affects us on so many different levels. And then relationally, look at this. Almost every significant relationship in his life was affected by this comparison trap. He thought David was against him. He thought his son Jonathan was against him. He thought his daughter was against him. All because of comparisons. This is why a lot of our relationships today aren't as strong as they should be. And the people that we should be closest to, sometimes we feel the most distance from. We have husbands and wives comparing themselves to each other. We have parents saying things like, why can't you be more like your brother or your sister? Comparing them. We have roommates comparing themselves to each other. We have teammates comparing themselves to each other. And it's ripping our relationships apart. And so when you think about this, we have to listen and say, you know, I think it's easy to, um, I think it's easy to look at this story as some distant story that happened thousands of years ago and feel like, wow, Saul, Saul really fell apart. And while that's true, we have to be careful because the truth is we're all susceptible to be caught up in this comparison trap. You can find yourself like Saul. You can find yourself either, A, forgetting what God has done or forgetting what God is doing in your life because you're so busy looking at what others have. Or like Saul, you can begin to compare 
and just ruin all the significant relationships that you have in your life because everyone who comes into your life, you don't experience that joy that God wants you to because you're always comparing yourself to them. But out of all of this, Crown, what I think is most unfortunate is that Saul forgot who he was in God's eyes. He forgot that, he forgot that God, God loved him regardless of who got credit for killing more in the battle. He, he forgot that some song that a group of women made up didn't determine his value and his worth in the eyes of God. He forgot that God was not going to stop loving him because David got credited with killing 10,000 and he got credited with only 1,000. And so maybe that's you today. Maybe somewhere along the way, you've started playing this comparison game and you started, you started listening to this, this lie that your worth and your value as a person is based on what you do or what you have. Maybe you feel surrounded by classmates, teammates, people who, who, are, who are better than you in just about every area of your life. Let me remind you that God loves you, God accepts you, God doesn't compare you. Maybe you look around and it seems like everyone in your life has it all together and you're the only one who's struggling with things. Let me remind you that God loves you. God doesn't compare you to anyone. God accepts you. Maybe your friends have better grades than you. Maybe they have a better GPA than you. Let me remind you that God loves you. God accepts you. God doesn't compare you. God doesn't base how much he loves you based on your GPA. Maybe you come from a family where the message you got growing up is that your value and your worth as an individual is based on what you do or what you achieve. And so you've been trying to prove yourself through your efforts over and over and over again. Let me remind you that who you are in the eyes of God is not determined by what you do or what you achieve. God loves you because he loves you. Maybe at some point someone spoke something over you or said something to you and they made you feel inferior to someone else, not as smart as someone else, not as attractive as someone else, not as talented as someone else, not as spiritual as someone else. And you've been spending the last few weeks, the last few months, the last few semesters, the last few years, maybe your whole life trying to prove them wrong. Let me remind you that God loves you. God accepts you. God doesn't compare you to anyone. See, that's the beautiful thing about Jesus. That's the beautiful thing about the cross of Christ. Jesus doesn't go around keeping score of how well you're doing in life. People keep score. People keep a record. People base your self-worth on how good you're doing or how good you're not doing. But Jesus doesn't judge on that. Jesus loves you because he loves you, because he loves you, because he loves you, because he loves you. And that's how it is. He loves you the way you are. And when you remember how much God loves us and that he sent his son to die for us, the amazing thing is that these comparisons can go out the window. And that you're free to experience life the way Jesus intended. So be encouraged. Maybe this is you. Maybe you, you, you find yourself and you've been comparing yourselves to everyone around you. And you're wearing yourself thin trying to keep up, trying to prove something. And we've looked at what comparisons can do when we don't get it under control. Be encouraged. We serve a God who loves us more than we could 
ever imagine. And Jesus doesn't compare us to anyone. And so we don't have to either. Amen? God bless you, Crown. Let me pray for us. Jesus, we are, we are, we are aware of the many traps that are out there that cause us to want to look at everyone else. This, this, this thing of comparison, Jesus, is a dangerous thing. And Satan tries to use it all the time to keep us from becoming the people you want us to be. So, God, maybe that's someone in here today. Maybe all their life or, or whenever, God, they've been trying to live up to someone else's standards. They've been comparing themselves, God. And we want to break free from that right now. We don't want to do that anymore, God. We want to be free to live as you have called us to live. So help us to take time today, this evening, even right now, to just sit back and thank you for what you have done and what you are doing in our lives, God. God, we thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for us, God. That gives us not only eternal life in heaven, but eternal life now so that we can be free to enjoy and experience life the way you would have for us. We pray for this rest of this day, God, that you'll speak to us, calm our hearts, quiet us, God. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.